You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete Houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week can you spend on that? As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get, I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs> We are doing it. We're doing it on the Houndsman XP podcast. <laughs> uh, we just got back from Texas, man. And we got, uh, this is a point blank. And we just got back from Texas at the American, help me out, American Hunting Terrier Association. 
That's it. Yog Terrier. What's the, what's Breed the second Club. part of that, Chad? Oh, yeah, yeah Yog Terrier Breed words. Club, which I'm a member of. I just don't know the name of it. It's a lot. It's a lot of words. It's very wordy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, uh, we had a good time down there. We got Chad and Seth both in here to recap that weekend and, and kind of break down what happened and, and uh, why everybody should go to the Yog Terrier <laughs> uh, Yog Terrier trials down in Tyler, Texas, at least once you in a while. You guys heard us talk about it on our last episode all mixed up. We kind of gave a brief synopsis, but you remember me talking about it. I was saying, hey, we're going to break it down more in the point blank with all the boys here. So, um, yeah, it was crazy. I had a good time, learned a ton, and saw a lot of crazy little dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Would they you, had about 100 you, this year. Generally, they have a little bit more, but it was still, you know, the, the rain – made some people quit on us you know but i think we're still 100 dogs there you know that, that would be me <laughs> and me is that right? i was a total pansy <laughs> in the rain i was like nope and i got <laughs> annihilated by chiggers everyone was like no nah, them chiggers are dead and i was like all right fine whatever got annihilated by chiggers what the hell i have no idea how that happened did you get a chigger bite chad I'm immune now. Yeah. As long as somebody's around, evidently like Seth or my wife or a few yeah. other of my friends and family, that as long as they're around, I'm, they don't mess with me at all. They, they just they that's the way it is with ticks with me back uh, east here. They're the worst. Yeah. I, I, I the first time yeah. I encountered chiggers was in uh, Central Texas, and it was a verdant, beautiful green field. And when someone from the waste desert sees a verdant field, of course, what do you do? You take your shoes off. What the hell's a bird? Hey, I'm tired of this big. What <laughs> no, is a verdant field? <laughs> what it is means that? Like pristine, green, in a natural state of beauty. Okay, so when you see a girl green yes, field, pretty much. That's I saw a beautiful, that. lush green. Okay. Field. Do you know what gotcha. lush means? <laughs> and so yes, and uh, so yeah, we we I took whatever. off gleefully, skipping, scurrying, running through this green field. Well, I got home later that day. And I was destroyed by chiggers, but I didn't know what they were. So I was just like, dude, my legs itch so bad. And my buddy was like, oh, yeah, that field is full of chiggers. I just wanted to see you run through there so I could laugh at you later. And I was like, I hate you. <laughs> like, so maybe that's what it is. Verdant is Italian for chigger. Ah, verdant field. There you go. <laughs> Chad, maybe right. you're like the Illuminati oh, there. Yeah. Anyway, so. Anyway, I got annihilated by chiggers, and that sucked. <laughs> I'll tell you what I—I'll tell you what I was impressed by. Um, for one thing, the digs where we stayed were was oh, yeah. awesome. I'm not going to tell anybody where it's at, and I'm not going to give them any props because I want to make sure it's available <laughs> for us the next time we go. But uh, man, I, the place we stayed was—it um, was—it was as cheap as a a nice hotel it slept eight people it had 40 acres it had its own private lake and um uh, place what'd you guys think what'd you guys think it about was that beautiful house? fantastic I felt yeah well chad you had the king suite yeah. going on in there i had to share a loft with michael <laughs> so I, yeah you, you had this you had a perfect king bed everything was beautiful you had a lakefront view I woke up to the snoring, hibernating bear of Michael. <laughs> At least you weren't like Tyler sleeping with that. Who was that dude he was sleeping with? <laughs> I didn't even ask. Yeah. He had a buddy with him. Hopefully yeah. on the floor. Yep. 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 <laughs> my shower was I could stick my arms out in both directions. I couldn't touch either wall. I, you know, totally yeah. 
you know, wings spread wide, couldn't touch any a of the walls. A king bed is essential. Like I, I have a beautiful wife, and I still want my king size bed. I got a king size bed. There's no other way. I want this <clears throat> verdant field of bed <laughs> to to lay upon, <laughs> and I don't want to be getting kicked, bashed by a frenzied sleeper. So I don't know what size bed you guys sleep on, but if it's not a king size bed, <clears throat> you might as well sleep on hay. That's all I got to say. Hey, we've been we've been in a queen size bed and. My wife might as well be in another zip code <laughs> most of the time. I don't even know she's there. I don't even know how we had three kids, honestly. But but that's another topic for another podcast. Yeah, Chad, you got a you got a queen size bed or or what? Yeah, I got a queen. That's what I got. I'm too cheap though. I, I do the queen size thing, but then I got to buy new stuff. Nope, I nope. Just... It's a third of your life. Spend the money. That's all I got to say about that. Well, I spent the money on the mattress, yeah. but anyway, the, 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 the house we stayed at was, it wasn't terribly, it was a little, the only inconvenience we had was the fact that they need to put some gravel <laughs> in the driveway. That's the first one. It was a mud slick all the way through there. And we had that road tracked up out front. I don't know if they knew who was coming or not, but if, if we just showed up in like a bunch of micro cars, rental cars or something, we couldn't have got yeah, out of there. I've been over. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it was out. a slick, yeah, for sure. We would have high centered in like a you know a Prius or something. I think a Prius would have high centered in the driveway. <laughs> yeah, and that the high center part would have come because you were sinking down in that red gumbo mud, That's clay right. mud <laughs> stuff. That's right. It was horrible. I bet they, I bet they loved us when they left with all the ruts in that road. They were like, "Crap, we meant to put gravel on that before." <laughs> came. That's what it looked like it was prepped for. Yeah, it, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a. Um, it was fortunate that we had four-wheel drive. That's all I got to say about that. I've said that like five times today. I've yeah. had a lot of finality statements today. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chad, I want, I'm going to kind of turn it over to you about, uh, you know, the Yog Terrier Breed Club and things like that because, I mean, you were a rock star when – it's like, where's Chad? And you're working hogs. You were, uh, you know, working on the – tunnels you were working on doing all this stuff and how many years you've been in the in oh, that crowd gosh more than five less than ten uh, that way keep me from lying somewhere right around <laughs> in there um, but yeah. all the credit really goes to them i just help out i mean they got guys that are dedicated i mean they're already thinking about the next one you know and they're planning this and that where it's going to be and what kind of upgrades they can do and improve the testing of the the dogs that go to the club and and all that and so i just kind of I, I, I can't stay as involved as the other guys do. So when I show up, I generally just what needs doing and I, I jump right into it. And a lot of times it happens to be the really cool stuff. So it works out for all parties, you know, but yeah, it they're, they're outstanding. So all the real credit goes to them for putting it on. I just kind of helped. Who's them? Who are, who are the guys that are, oh, gosh, I'm going to mess up the board of directors here, but of course, uh, James Mills, you know, he's, he's the probably one of the tallest poles in the, in the tent there, you know, and then there's uh, like David Williams, uh, Jason Switzer, uh, um, oh gosh, uh, Burns. Burns is the last name, and you know, on the spot, I'm forgetting his first name. Right. Uh, Paul Greenwood owns the grounds, right? He owns yeah, that property. Yeah, that's right, and he always he always is very hospitable. I mean, there, that's a lot of room for all the parking for like a hundred dogs and all the equipments, two tunnel systems, the bay pen. 
the track and tree events, the retrieve events, the uh, they have the, you know, some other stuff that we can get into with the rain, you know, the, the, the coursing and, and <laughs> terrier coursing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's, that's a lot yeah. of room, you know? And, and then when it rains like that, we rut it up and they just put it back together. So Paul, yeah, Paul's awesome. He's got the museum there that he's really proud of the dog horn museum. Um, <clears throat> it's the uh, you, horniest you place in Texas, actually. What's it's that? the horniest place in Texas. I'll have, you know. <laughs> it is the there's a sticker yeah. on the wall that says that yeah, he's got a lot of dog there. makes them and does all that so i'm sure i'm forgetting some of the board members i'm sorry but there's there's a bite of them you know um yeah yeah i saw a lot of people doing a lot of work and um a lot of people having a lot of fun and i didn't see a lot of drama you know um uh, it was just uh people coming together to have a good time for the weekend and and get together and have have a good time it was mm -hmm. super laid kids, back my daughter's there it's a family event but at the same time oh there's tons wild. of kids you know there's tons of kids there and they're just walking around having a blast that's one of the great things you feel safe you know that's one of it's not everywhere you can turn loose your kid and a mob of other kids and there's giant boar hogs around and a, a few hundred hunting dogs and just be like we're good that i you know, that's a, that's a, this is the right kind of people, you know? And at the same time, it could get wild and you, you could have a whole lot of fun, but at the same time, it's, it's not dirty humor and, you know, like your kids are okay there. Right. It's okay there. So yeah, it's one of my favorite times, you know, but at the same time, some other dog trials are kind of, can kind of be a little pinky in the air, you know? And yeah, the terrier trials are kind of like a salt of the earth type operation you know like overalls and you know good food everybody's cooking you cannot leave there hungry you people are stuffing food in your face you know so yeah i could brag on it forever they're just great people and i'm happy to be a part of it ed barnes from tuskers magazine brought the whole fire pit operation he was cooking I, he, i'm sure he had a pause he had a possum in that pot i know he did i didn't know what he was cooking in there. i walked by and i was like head. okay all right. But they were cooking the jalapeno poppers yeah. and I saw Michael eating one. I was like, oh, I didn't know they were for us. I thought they were just theirs. I didn't ask for one. <laughs> they, yeah, I, I go by and Ed's like handing me, a, you know, a couple of jalapeno poppers on a plate. And uh, I checked out his knives. That guy, that guy is, uh, he's something else. He, he's an interesting guy written a written a book about hog hunting he's um he runs tuskers magazine he's made the hats that i'm wearing right now oh is that right hats yeah i didn't yeah, know these that. came he's from a great guy yeah I'm these came from nova shop. one of his cross draw knives i haven't bought it yet but I, i'm i look at it every day and he's a bladesmith that's the thing i mean that guy makes some nice knives he does i'm gonna get one man. yeah Need to step up 100%. my game. <laughs> all right. I know. I'm I'm sitting around thinking, what the heck am I doing with all my time? This show. <laughs> Talking. Talk takes a lot of time. To it talk. does. It does. Uh, yeah, no doubt. But yeah, he's great. I no doubt. His book too. I picked up a hard copy of his book and I've kind of thumbed through it and I, I got it set out so I won't forget it. it but I haven't really got to sink my teeth into it yet, but I, I picked up a hard copy of his book in, in the pursuit of uh, hog dogs. Um, pretty cool. It's an it's an interesting read. He's got a very, uh, 
He's got a very unique way of writing, and and it's it's very well thought out. He's very articulate in his writing, and uh, he's got a lot of good perspectives on things in that book. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend the book. Um, I want to go back to the Horn Museum, though. That Horn Museum, uh, it, it surprised me. It did. We walked through it and uh, looked at the different horns, but there are some there are some hunting horns in there that were as fine of carved horns as I've ever seen. And we've, I, I've lived around some of the greatest horn makers. I'm a member of the Contemporary Long Rifle Association where they do scrimshaw and they do all of these period correct bags and horns and all this stuff. But some of the horns I saw at the boar's nest were exquisite. You would like I that would. word, Seth. I exquisite. Would. Yeah. Seth word. Yeah. Yeah. They were awesome. And there's a lot of history with it, too. They're awesome. Yeah. Like there yeah. were some ones that were like etched, like carved with stuff in the horn. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. And also, could, do you think yeah. you could play one, Chris? Um, I have, I have blown through a horn with, but it's not uh, very I impressive. I see. I've got a friend of mine who who is a trumpet mm. player. I've got a horn here that was uh, was made for the Hoosier Tree Dog Alliance. I picked it up on a, and it's scrimshaw with the logo and stuff. But I tried to to blow that horn, and it just sounds like a sick <laughs> cow. And when Steve picks it up, when Steve picks it up, it sounds like a freaking trumpet, man. And I'm just like, I don't get it. You know, I've I've always struggled with those. I with played those a trumpet horns. in high school. And so I can, I could, you could do it, but I don't think it would sound very good. Yes. You know, no, you, you would get it. You would be able to, I mean, just the tone, you know, having yeah. that airflow and tone and, and all of it, there's, there's a, yeah. an art changing up your, your aperture sure. and your, your embouchure. That's the term yeah. to like adjust the pitch. Yeah. Learning new things every day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, one of the biggest surprises for me at the trials was meeting Travis Heyer uh, from Idaho. I had Idaho. a good time with him. And the, guy drove, the guy drove all the way from Idaho. And getting back to what you said, Chad, about the, uh, the kids, we were standing there and we were talking about the dynamics and honey, of hunting and the future of hunting and, and all this stuff. And Travis, Travis and I were standing there and we were talking. I said, look around. Look at look at the people under thirty years old, and then look at and he said, "Well, look at the kids. You know, look at the kids that are here." It was it was um, very encouraging. A good comeback for sure to yeah. see that crowd. Yeah. He was a good sport. I had a lot of good yeah. times with him. Patrons, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him and Roy. What else are we missing? What what else are we missing about the? Uh, the terrier trials were ripping. Well, I thought right all here. the tunnel system stuff was really cool. I, I tried my best to scurry to all of the competitions, but I missed the track and tree because I was running around getting the voices of all the people there. And, uh, you know, he listened to it last week on all mixed up, but, uh, I really did miss that. I was kind of bummed out to not see that, but I did see a lot of the tunnel work. Um, the, the, I can't remember what the tunnel was called. Chad up top. That was like above the setup above the boar's nest. And then down below there was the, the one. The yeah, yes. Yeah. That one. 
Yeah, they called that the Thunder Tunnel, the thunder as tunnel. after the Thunder Dome. Yes, <laughs> and so, um, and then I, and then I saw the other tunnel down below that was like all rock and stuff. That one was super red. I mean, mm-hmm. they both were red, but um, I enjoyed the mm-hmm. rock one just because it was like cool and kind of decorated. But I definitely watched a lot of that. Um, that was really fun. I enjoyed that, and of course, I got to watch the Pig Bay. I think that was kind of the piece de la resistance. You know, like what everyone kind of went there for. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, honestly, the most fun I had was just running around talking to everybody. That was that was pretty choice. There was some really cool characters there. Um, stay tuned, patrons. There'll be a talk I had with a hunter who started hunting at 60 years old. She's now 71, still lively as ever, scurrying around and... Uh, yeah, Doreen, you rock. Thanks for talking to me. Uh, I had a great time, and she's hunting nutrias and all kinds of stuff with her terriers. Started at 60, so it's never too late to enjoy the lifestyle of hunting with dogs. Um, there was a lot of cool characters there. So, yeah, I had a great time, and uh, we'll get to the pig bay because uh, that was kind of the, the yeah the crowning moment, and I had some thoughts about all those competitions, and and I guess we'll probably flesh that out as we move along, but I'm sure Chad, you had a way different experience than me. Cause you're, you're in it to win it, man. You're the hero <laughs> of the hour. So tell me what you thought, man. <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's something I wanted to throw in on the tunnels, uh, uh, cause they have, you know, there's all types of earth dog events, you know, and it does, it's all what your flavor is. You know, the, the other, I know they have AKC shows that do this or that, and there's all kinds of stuff, but I want to make sure everybody knows there's a variety of tunnel systems that was there. One of them, the one we called the thunder tunnel had a, a, you know, a clear plexiglass wall, you know, and that was a little bit larger than normal, but it up and down and all these turns and, you know, obstacles. And, you know, there's like a section where there's a bunch of ropes tied down through it and they're having to fight through it and then up and down a, whatever pinch points and stuff. And that's cool. And you can kind of guide your dog through it. Cause it's, it's lit up and that's kind of, yeah, that was one of the so cool rad. It's, it's in the earth tunnel, the, the other tunnel that's dark, you know, and there's all kinds of transitions from, you know, natural rock earth down to pinch points um, with like, you know, like a, pipe pvc pipes where it's protruding through so they could actually get around the pipe and try and wedge through a crack and they have to back up and actually find the the entrance and then there's dead ends you know like some of the dead end trails are like 15 feet off the main you know the main pipe the main tunnel wow that i believe isn't found in a lot of other you know terrier events you know so that's one of the things that makes it unique about about that one is it's you know tunnel systems and testing in general and trials and stuff are you know you try and make them as close to the real thing as possible and as far as i know as far as like a an actual legitimate test or uh trial that's the closest to a, a natural earth set that we have here in the u.s you know some guys might do something on their own you know that i don't know about but like big and established and you know pu- uh publicized events that's that's the most natural so i didn't want to i didn't want to get past that that's that's really cool but I had a blast. Uh, my my dogs can kind of sometimes act up there that I, I like a little bit nastier dog than a lot of other people. So if they, they generally mess up and end up catching out in the bay pen, I don't quite get, I don't quite get the points for baying the way everybody else does. Mine kind of run in there and grab a hold of it. So I get, yeah. I often get to well, ex- explain what it explain. You did a real good job explaining to me what a perfect bay was, Chad, for, for point systems and stuff like that. Well, uh, the the best way is they almost hypnotize the pig 
You know, it can almost look anticlimactic, you know, when the, the dog rushes in and, you know, some of the people that have been doing it for a while will hold on to their dog and let the, the pig comes in like a, you know, a bull in a china closet running around and eventually they kind of settle. And then you wait for the hog to kind of look your way and you can send your dog. And ideally the dog will run in, get up close enough to him and sit there and bark and just, just keep barking almost like a metronome. Just tap, 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 tap. And if he goes to look away, it'll apply a little bit of pressure, just enough pressure to say, nope, nope, look at me. Look, look back at me. Don't look over there. Keep looking at me. Just keep looking at me. And if the hog's bayed and the dog reaches out and pops it on the nose, that's points off. That's bad. That hog was bayed. They'll leave it alone. You know, like it's home. They're just supposed to ease in and just hypnotize them. Just keep looking at me. Don't worry about the other dogs coming. Yeah, you hear my handler, you know, my, my, <laughs> my fat handler with 30 dog leashes on him waddling through the bushes don't mind him look at me just keep looking at me and that's what it's supposed to simulate so good a good bay sometimes the hog won't even take a step because the dog is applying just enough pressure to keep that hog focused on the dog and nothing else but not so hard to make him move you know and mm -hmm. that's that's the ticket you know and you get really good hogs um or bad hogs depending on your dog and the way you like to run them that'll come out and settle into a bay, settle and, you know, and just, you know, get into a corner or a comfortable spot and the dog will just pop, 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 pop. And you start with a full points and you just lose points every time your dog looks out or turns away or when the dog rushes them, you know, the really good dogs will look back over their shoulder, you know, and keep eyes on the hogs and one step ahead, they'll even, they'll even you can, you can tell once you've seen enough of them, the dog will actually look the pig in the eyes, you know, like while it's running away, you know, so it's looking over its shoulder, running as fast as it can, and it's looking in the hog's eyes, like, keep, keep looking at me, don't, you know, calm down, and they'll circle out, you know, so some dogs will run straight away, and the hog can get up to, like, its top speed in, like, three strides, there's some debates on that, but really quick, you know, so the good dogs will circle while keeping their eyes, they'll look back over their shoulder, trying to keep, look the hog right in the eyes and bark at it, and as soon as that hog stops, He'll turn back to it without taking his eyes off and settle right back into that bay, you know, and if he breaks past him, then they'll nip him in the butt just to get him to turn and protect his soft skin, you know, turn back around. And then, and as soon as that hog stops and turns, they back up, you know, so you want hard, hard dogs on the hind end, but as soon as that hog stops, let go, don't nip him anymore and back up. So you want him glued to the hog's butt when he runs. And then almost, you know, you know, some people like five feet, 10 feet back, you know, just Easy does it, you know. So I don't know. I hope I didn't, but it beat it down. No, that was there, a great description. I didn't hear that. So that was the original time I heard that. And yeah, that's that's really nice. Yeah. So it, it yeah, when I got into it in the very beginning, you know, I'd been hunting hogs for years, you know, and sometimes you don't even know what's going on way out there, you know. Like I just know I'm catching pigs, so they're doing it fine, you know. There was a fellow sitting to next the, to the me. Bake, like, there was a fellow sitting next to me that? that was like uh it's almost like they're herding the pig, like H E R D, like yeah. herding it. They're, they're, they're got their job is to like give it the eye and obviously use voice to, yeah, like you were saying, Chad, like just control it without putting teeth upon the animal and controlling with their voice. And uh, I like, I like the idea mm -hmm. of like kind of hypnotizing it. Uh, that's, that's, that's pretty that's clever. Right. But yeah, I, yeah, it's just I, enough pressure to stay focused on me. You know, don't worry about the other dogs coming, that bulldog coming. Don't ignore him. Just keep, <laughs> keep looking at me. Look at me in the eyes. I'm, I'm enough of a threat for you to pay attention to and not turn your back to me. But that's it. You almost want, like, everyone wants a hard, hard bay dog. But sometimes your softer <clears throat> dogs are the best because, you know, they, they allow the hog to 
almost punk them a little bit. Like, oh yeah, you're scary. You know, like you're big and intimidating. I'm not going to try and bite you, but don't turn, don't turn away or I'm going to bite you in the butt, you know, like, and, and so that's, you know, the hard, hard dogs are the in and out gritty dogs. Sometimes they'll get in there and they'll bark and they'll be, their tongue will touch the hog's face and that guy's not going to stay there. You know, he's going to move. He's going to, he's going to run. You may have so less vet bills too <laughs> with a softer bay dog. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because like I said, two strides, they're going as fast as they can, which is slower than a dog, but a dog takes a little more time to get mm-hmm. going to their top speed. Mm-hmm. So like from flat, you know, flat footed standing still, a hog will dust a, any kind of dog every single time, unless they know to circle. And there's, there's, there's videos of that you can find online of a dog named Goose that uh, participates in like the Uncle Earl's Bay Trials down in Louisiana every year. And he's, he's won it so many stinking times, you know, and I don't know the handler, but I just know of the dog. I saw some Goose watch posters. Him. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, it, it, he's like dancing, you know, he'll be right in that hog's face and it'll rush him and he'll just like drop back with his back leg and turn his body almost like a matador, 100% like a matador, like the, you know, like the bullfights and like, <laughs> it'll let him run by it, pop him on the butt and turn him right back. It, it's really, it's like magic watching it. So, uh, Chris, you're muted, brother. <laughs> My dogs don't do that well. I don't mind kind of <laughs> running there and mess things up. Yeah, now I'm not <laughs> muted. I have to mute myself to keep from interrupting people. And I forget I'm, yeah. So how applicable, I mean, in real hunting situations is our baking conditions? Or, you know, how realistic is it? What are we, how did they get established? Why are we still doing it? And let's start about I want to start with the disqualifiers because I don't want a bunch. I don't need. We don't need a bunch of haters headed to try to shut this down mm-hmm. because the disqualifier is what. Um, there, there's a bunch, you know, but like specifically, um, catching. You know, catch dogs aren't allowed. You know, bulldogs that run in there and grab a hold of it that aren't trying to bay it is not allowed. Sometimes, rarely, dogs will catch. And they're given a time that they need to let go. And if they don't, they're out. They're out. Disqualified. That is not what they're here. You don't even get a score. You get a zero. Disqualified. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's standard. You know, the bay trials in, that are involved with the terrier event uh, and, and otherwise. There's a lot of bay trials that don't even have a terrier in them. You know, the majority wouldn't, you know. But right, that's the first thing. They are not catch dog tournaments. The, the dogs are not trained to grab the pig and hold on to it. They're trained to hurt it. Just the same as like a collie. It's going to pressure sheep around. And if the, the sheep come out and charge them, he may give them a nip, you know, to, to get some respect and pressure them around the field. But that's what it's about, the way to manipulate the animal, not to bite it and chew on it, you know. So that's mm-hmm. one of the main things. Um, there's also That's, there's that's something that I wanted to talk about because I think there's some psych, some psychology going on there. You know, that, that pig knows that he is a prey animal. He may be bigger and he may be stronger, but he knows he's a prey animal. Deep down inside, uh, that lizard brain is telling him that, that he's a prey animal. And your dog, regardless if they're bred this way, whether they're, a, you know, one of Rigo's dogs or one of these terriers, they're predators. Mm-hmm. And so the psychology there is to not necessarily catch the pig it's to convince that pig that i can catch you if i want to so don't make a move 
or I'm just intimidating enough that you better you better respect me and my my presence, my my yeah. body language, my vocalizations are intimidating enough to make you think twice. My body language, everything that that everything that bay dog yep. is doing when it goes in there, or, or natural hog dog, everything they do um, is playing mind games with this animal that's wired to mm-hmm. be a prey animal. Mm-hmm. And they it, like that's what I was trying to say earlier, and I think you, you helped me pick my words a little bit better that time. So they'll pressure them, they, and the, what the the bay is supposed to be is I'm gonna I'm gonna pressure this pig to the point where he's going to turn and challenge me. I'm a dog. He's going to challenge me. And then I'm going to give ground. Yeah. You're scary. Yeah. Tough guy. Don't worry about it. I'm, yeah, I'm intimidated by you. And when the hog tries to turn around again, they stop, you know, they're, they're peppering his butt. And then as soon as the hog turns back around again, so it's like the dog's job to pressure him if he tries to run, but then give ground the second the hog turns back around and be like, Oh yeah. As long, as long as you fight, you know, without, you don't want the dog and the hog fighting, but to the, to the hog, the dog is trying to convince them that the safest thing for you is to turn and look at me, you know, and just right. stand there and cover, protect your, protect your. Well, it's head. also like a really you natural know, way for canids to hunt because that's how like all wild canines hunt, minus the voice. I think dogs get mm-hmm. an extra advantage by throwing in that deafening voice that is even more um, disorienting and um, controlling to a prey animal. Imagine. You know, like when wolves are circling a moose or a bison, this large, powerful animal, they aren't, they're, they're just like a bay dog, except they're not giving any voice. They are not, they're predating in a different way, right? But their, their body language is still the same. They're circling, they're moving, they're nipping at the back end, they're keeping the animal occupied in the front as a team. And so I think catch dogs, I find fascinating only because their mentality, their physiology is so widely different wildly different than a wild canid and so i like the bay i really enjoyed the idea of the bay pin and watching the dogs bay for that exact reason it felt like there's a lot of technique involved and a lot of strategy bravery but just the right amount of fear on the dog's behalf i don't even know if fear is the right word respect that it's the chess Mm -hmm. you're like you're using your body and your voice to make yourself bigger stronger and control this like pretty powerful animal just with your voice and body language. Yeah. There's so much there's so much body language that we as people because we can't communicate vocally and there's so much body language that we take for granted that the animal world does not. You know, they understand way more about the way something moves or its its predators move or even challenged among species than and we just, we miss a lot of it. You ever been deer hunting? And like you're, say you like, we, we, we talk, talked about this, Chris, but it's been talked about in many variations. You're, you're a ranch worker or you're just, you're an outdoor worker. You walk by a herd of deer eating in a gra- grazing in a field a hundred times and they don't care at all. But the second you put on camo, the second you start acting kind of shifty and start stalking or watching them with eye contact too much, boom, they take off, right? It's the same thing. Yeah. Animals know when you're yeah. acting predatory. And you have that assertive body language. And I agree with that. Um, they definitely are cued into that a lot more than we are. <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, imagine sure. how much more adding the canine, the dog's bark on top of all that really gives a dog probably an incredible edge in that moment, especially hounds. Selective yep. breeding. Oh, yeah. Selective yep. breeding, man. A lot, especially the hogs don't really have good eyes to begin with. You know, I mean, their eyes, you know, it's. It, We've been through that talk. Yeah. You know, you have. So. 
dropping all kinds of eyeball knowledge on us, you know, but you know, pigs have horrible eyes. Yeah, it's because they're so and ugly. That <laughs> that all that all that voice right in their face helps keep them keyed in. Yeah, look at me. I'm still here. Yep. You know, and that's one one of the things I kind of like about the terriers because they're like little bumblebees. They're always left, right, up, down. It looks like popping corn. They're, <laughs> they're always they're jumping all over the place. And then with that high pitch, you know, like I got hounds, I got terriers. You know, I got a, I got too many dogs to be honest. But the hounds arc is beautiful. Terriers, I like to compare it to like banging pots and pans. Yeah, like, that took me some time <laughs> to get used pretty. to. Tuff's voice, Chris, it is, is horrible. <laughs> oh my gosh, it oh. is, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds it's like real. I've always tried to come up with like a combination. It's like your toddler banging like a metal spoon on the bottom of a big old pot while your belt is slipping and a fax machine's going off. Like that's kind of like <laughs> the terrier play is, you know, like all at the same time. I thought it was more like a you know, like nails running across a chalkboard with a megaphone right next to it. Just oh, like, yeah, <laughs> like that would be a good addition. That would be a good idea. The screaming. The screaming. Right? Was that That's right. It wasn't just the barking. It's yeah, the screaming. <laughs> well, let's get, I want to talk about, I, I also want to talk about, I'm calling Seth out here a little bit uh, because we, we had this discussion about the effectiveness of terriers being hog dogs. And Chad, you are the person to talk about this. So I'm just going to hand it off to you. <laughs> so, uh, Seth, I'm going to give this is this is a spinoff from uh, we're not going to talk about hairs being superior life forms, but uh, we are going to yeah. talk about no. <laughs> terriers. I'm not going to give that up, man. Uh, we're going to talk about terriers being uh, can be very good hog dogs. Chad, take, Seth, you, you state, I'll state my case. case. Okay. Well, I thought about this a lot today because I figured this was going to come up. So first off, I'm going to say Oh, you got tipped no. off. I knew this was going to happen. You were too <laughs> into this conversation. All right, so here we go. Okay, <laughs> I want to make a full disclosure right now. I am not saying that terriers are not pig dogs. What I am saying is I felt there's... You did. Superfluously, yes. But <laughs> pro-nuance, no. So, okay, listen. So here's my thing. I just felt that there's a lot to be desired. And I felt that um, the presence of the animal, speaking of that body language, speaking of that presence, is has a lot to be desired. And I feel like there are breeds that are better for the task. And that I all I felt was is that it was a tool in the versatile dog breeds list. But to call a yag a true pig dog to me, felt a little contrived only because I feel like they're just not the best dog for that. And Chad, we've already kind of talked about this a little bit. And I think you, it, you yourself said that, but I just thought that like the, the Whoa. crowning moment of the trials being the pig bay was a little weird. Cause I thought, I mean, I, and again, this is nothing against terriers. I just like, I was talking to a terrier hunter there and he was hunting pigs with his terriers and his terriers got, attacked by coyotes and like dispersed off the trail and i was like and he's like yeah that's a real problem and i was like well like get hounds you know like that was the first thing i thought it was like mountain curs blackmouth curs like i just feel that their presence as a tiny little guy i don't know it just didn't it, it, it and again this is not me saying they're terrible i'm just saying i feel like there's better options oh. out there 
I got I, I got responses. Don't be all of it. All right. All right. Yeah. So we're going to yep. introduce the uh, fistful of dollars music here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, right. we're all standing around. Three of us are standing around looking at each other. <laughs> so there's, eyes batting back and forth. <laughs> there, there's a lot of there's a lot of things there, you know, that I, I'm going to try and reply to all of them. You know, um, to start one, the Yag Terrier was created with pigs in mind, 100. percent Like when the people bred and created Yag Terrier, it was for hog hunting in Europe, you know, in Germany. Like that is. 100% one of the things it was supposed to do. Now, they hunt differently over there. Um, they love to drive them to gun. That's one of their favorite things to do. Mm. You know, So like one of the things they'll do is turn loose of a pack of these little rascals, and the hog will go into these overgrown, reedy, built-up areas that you cannot get into like without crawling on your hands and knees with a machete or a chainsaw, and you, you cannot get in there. Bigger dogs cannot get in there. But the hogs run through it. The widest part on a hog is its head. And their nose tapers down to a little point. So they can hit a wad. You know, think if you took a mile with a bob wire and just wad it all the way up in a ball. A hog can like boop, right through that. They slide right through it. If their nose goes through, there's nothing to get hung up on. Their ears fold back. Their legs are tiny. They're high. Their butt's shorter than their shoulders. And so, and they're going with all that torque. You can't stop a pig when it's wanting to push forward. Like that's something they're, they're so anyway, when it's in there, one of the things they do is they turn loose of five yag terriers. I don't care what animal you are. You could have a silverback gorilla, a tiger, a lion, freaking all tied together. And if five terriers go meet you in a bush, you're coming out. <laughs> you are coming out. It's like being trapped in a mop closet with a bunch of bumblebees. You ain't gonna hit it anymore. You're gonna <laughs> beat your arms against the walls, and you know what I'm saying. You're coming out of the. It's like trying to kick okay, it to wall. Fair point. I'm gonna make this clear right now, right off the bat. No, 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 no. I'm okay, moderating right. here. He's gonna, he's Go gonna finish his <laughs> Okay. November is the month for hunters. It's going on everywhere. Seth's running jackrabbits. Chad's out there hunting birds and with his falcons and his draughts and getting ready for lion season. And flying season's not in where you're at. It's going to be coming soon. Bear seasons are getting ready to kick off and gear up. It's a great time, November. I love it. Right now at Cajun Lights, you can go to their website at CajunLights.com and you can uh, fill up that cart with $150 worth of merchandise. If you are one of our Patreon supporters, one of the chosen few, the rare breed that has stepped up and said, hey, we support this lifestyle and we will defend it, then you're going to get 10% off because you've been sent a special code for 10% off of your purchase at Cajun Lights. We're also going to throw in one of our new leather patch caps, Houndsman XP leather patch caps. And this offer is good to our patrons only, which is a good time to tell you why you should be involved in Patreon. Not only are you going to get deals like this, there are several other places, I'd say over half a dozen. I'd have to check with Seth on our current load of uh, discount codes, but we're talking deeper discounts. 25% off codes, um, you know, up to 25% off at Dogs Are Treed. We've got stuff going on at Rough Cut. We've got, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. I'm not even going to recall it all. If you're a patron, you know. Other cool stuff you're going to get from Patreon. 
you're going to get a membership to the Sportsman's Alliance. And that's the part where we're standing up and saying we've been pushed far enough. We're not going to be stripped of any more freedoms. And Sportsman's Alliance and their partnership with Houndsman XP is helping us accomplish that. You can find out all the information you need by going to houndsmanxp.com and clicking on the support tab. It'll take you into our Patreon page and you can join us there and other patriotic, like-minded houndsmen who are willing to step up and stand in the gap for our freedom. So join us on Patreon. Go to houndsmanxp.com. You'll see our sponsors there. You can get a link right to our shop, our Redbubble shop, where we're dropping all kinds of cool designs. Check us out at houndsmanxp.com. Hope to see you joining us on Patreon today. Briar Creek Kennels is your complete hound hunting outfitter. Boots, lights, collars, and tracking equipment. Dog boxes, kennel supplies, collars, clothes, squalors. Whew, they have it all. Briar Creek Kennel is a garment and dog tree dealer. Owner Chris Girth will ensure Briar Creek Kennel customers will get top of the industry customer service. Whether you purchase from their website or you find them at a major coonhound event, Chris and his staff will share expert knowledge and experience about every product they offer. Chris Girth is a top competitor and breeder of hounds. He knows what gear you need to be successful. Look for Briar Creek Kennels on the web for a complete online store or look at their fully stocked trailer at any major coonhound event. Briar Creek Kennels, offering a hound hunting public generations of excellence. And then that's what they do. And they give voice. They're supposed to give voice on track and trail, you know, so that like, again, pots and pans. So if two miles away, three miles away, there's, you know, these terriers are starting to pressure a sounder of hogs in, in, in an overgrown thicket, you know, like a big breedy area that you, you can't get into. They push them out. And then, like I said, five of them, you hear them coming. Hey, Bob, get your gun. Everybody. All right. You can hear them coming from a long way, long yes, way can. off. <laughs> and then you shoot it. All right. So that's how they were bred, you know, originally to hunt hogs. So first thing is they were created to be a hog dog. They were just a different type of hog dog. Um, the next thing, we don't really hunt with them that way here. We like to, you know, traditionally our areas are more overgrown than a lot of, sp- well, one, our country is huge compared to Germany. Germany is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And there's a lot of things about it that are super unique. I, you know, their forests, they're great, but we have all these different landscapes. So there's, there's places you hunt hogs in Oklahoma. There's places you hunt hogs in South Florida. There's places you hunt hogs in Louisiana, uh, Texas, they're, it, and they're all different. And I would 100% say that different styles are more successful in different regions. Um, but where hogs, uh, you know, a lot of the hog hunting got started, you know, well, I'm not going to say it got started. Where a lot of it's uh, the, the notoriety from Southeast. You know, where things are highly overgrown, you know, and you can get it done with a blackmouth cur, old yeller, blackmouth cur, you know, um, that's, you know, like that's, that's, that's one of the ways the plantation dog, the all around type of stock dog moving cows. All right. Now we're going to go get that pig, that one, uh, cows loose in the, you know, out in the thicket, we're going to round them back up, you know, they can, they can do it fine. And, and then they, that is the 
classic hog dog is, you know, some cur dogs, you know, Catahoulas or black milkers or what have you. I don't want to list everything, but you know, your cur dogs are your typical, you know, like two, two Plot. or three bay dogs and a bulldog. And that's just the way it happens. The, one of the, one of the most efficient, clean hog hunts I've ever seen in my entire life was going in, uh, in Texas, East Texas, and then over into, uh, Louisiana. And this guy had three bay dogs. He'd turn them loose. He bait up like 50 pigs, you know, and he had his bulldog on a very short leash that he it was slack. He could, my daughter could have held it with three fingers. And we walked around this big sounder of hogs and he goes, we're going to look for the biggest one, you know? And I was just like, this is awesome. I had grown up hunting hogs, you know, but I, this is really cool. So we're walking around it and his dogs are balling them up. They got them all in a big wad and the males, you know, the big dominant males will come out, you know, and that's something that, I'm gonna I'm gonna branch off just for a second. You can see it really cool when you catch a bunch of hogs and you put them in a pen. I've always thought this was one of the most unique things about pigs I've ever I've ever seen. So I would catch large hogs, and then when it was legal, I would sell them to the trophy hunt ranches where businessmen would come in and go on these guided hunts in the fenced-in area and, and and shoot them. You know, so I would trap them, put them in a pen, wait till I had enough, and then take them to the high fence. You know, when it was back when it was legal to transport live hogs and. Um, Something I noticed, the biggest pig would be dominant, you know, and then there'd be like 10 submissive, so to speak, hogs in there. And whenever I'd go into feed or clean or anything like that, the dominant hog would come out and put me, it would put himself in between me and the sounder, his group, you know. And what was super cool about this is I could go get another big pig, a bigger pig. Sometimes it was smaller, but generally the bigger one, you know. Um, I'd throw him in there. They'd have a fight. It would take like 10 seconds, you know to see who's in charge. You'd think it'd be this long drawn out fight. And during mating season, they might fight more, but for dominance in a setting like that, 10 seconds, blah, 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 bunch of noise. And the, the rank structure was all changed up. And then I would go back into that pen the very next day. And that hog that came out and put himself in between me and the pigs is now a sissy in the group. And that new dominant uh-huh. hog is out in, in front of me protecting his sounder. Now I had somebody come by that wanted to buy that big pig, right? So the big pig's out the very next day. That pig that was dominant became sissy. Now he's in charge again. Is that duty? What is that? What what opportunity? Because like <laughs> it would with, within a, you know, the dominant hog would be protecting his group or whatever. I don't like to speculate, but the behavior was he would put ten feet in between his group and come closer to me and stand in the way. You know, opportunity. And I could still press. I say opportunity wrong. But then three days later, I put a bigger pig in there. Now he's a sissy in the group, and that sure. big pig's out in front of me. I put that big pig, that sissy pig came back out, and now he's back in charge again. So anyway, that's what the behavior, I thought that was really cool. We can talk about that later. But that's what we're, what he was doing when he would walk around. He was trying to walk around and make sure that big pig, wherever <laughs> it was, in there, saw him. You know, And they know, these, these rascal dogs are here because of you, you tall, shaved monkey. You know, like, <laughs> You're the reason all the dogs are here, you know? And eventually that big pig would come out and he'd send his bulldog and he'd go right to the biggest pig and catch it. And then the sounder would break away and they'd go bray it up there. We'd tie that pig and leave it right there and go get another one if we wanted to. And then we'd walk over there and he'd go, yeah, there's no other big ones in there. And he'd go, hey, let's go. And all those three dogs would just pull right off the, the sounder. And it's like a natural resource. Like <laughs> You just leave them. You know, and they'll keep growing, yeah. and we'll come back and take one or two off of it. And you know, I eat, and it was they were like all his. All people. right, so, so how are you using that story to That's justify what I was ask. 
The Yog Terrier. Okay, sorry. The yeah. Yog Terrier. Yeah. Because you said I, he I, had I, black pants, and I was like, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I do, I do. So that that is that's that's awesome. That's a very classic way to do it. Now, where I hunted in Louisiana, all right, uh, it's all pine plantation, all of it. Like all of northern Louisiana is basically pine plantation, you know, and various degrees of growth. You know, when it's really tall, it's like a cornrow and you, there's next to nothing in it, you know, like because it's, you know, the, oh, the canopy up stop keeps anything from growing below. It's all pine needles below. There's no vegetation to eat. If you don't need a pine cone in there, you ain't eating pretty much. Hogs can kind of go through there and root it up, but they aren't living in there. They aren't staying in there. They like to go over to the six foot to 10 foot tall um cutovers you know so they do a you know they do a first cut and then they plant everything and it comes up and once it gets to a certain height they spray it knocks down all the weeds again in that there isn't those big black i'm not saying they can't do it but they do not perform as well as a yag terry in there that they, they can't it's bet we're back to the overgrown thickets and a 60 pound dog cannot move through it as fast as a yag terrier not even close not even a little bit not half as fast Period. And then and then even if they do get through half as fast, their face is mutilated. All the underneath their eyeballs, their nose, all of, from all the briars. It's probably more there. dangerous for those bigger dogs, too. What's that? I said it's probably more dangerous for the bigger dogs, too, because they can't, they can't maneuver they can't in that do, six. They thing. can't do anything. So the fact that the Germans yeah. read these things to get them out of that exact environment allows them to maneuver in there. And they, they, they're faster than the pigs. They move through it like a fish through reeds, you know, like almost like cattails where like official snake out of it with no friction at all that's how the terriers move through those things you know and yep. and the other big thing that they do is they are just like you said they're small right those big dogs five or six big bay dogs if it's on like 100 pound pig that's far more intimidating far more intimidating yeah. and it can press them to run now good now you know let me clarify a good bay dog won't pressure them to do that but them tiny little terriers aren't as intimidating with their physical stature as a 60 or 70 pound blackmouth cur you know the two little terriers up in front of them they're like, what is this little thing you know like so in ways <laughs> those little terriers can get them to and then they turn around and like the 15 pound animal grabs a hold of its it's uh male parts and i don't care how tough you are <laughs> 15 pound animal mouth on your 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 boys there you're gonna stop doing whatever it is you're doing you know and turn around and pay attention you know so all of these things combined allow them to fill niches that some of the i would say more traditional and practical dogs like a, like the cur dogs you know <clears throat> can't quite as well you know uh they have the nose they have a good as nose just as good as any cur um in my opinion they trail just as well they have the exact same endurance they're tiny but they they run on hate i don't know how it is but they have the endurance <laughs> they run on hate yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah a lot of folks that haven't seen them run are gonna wonder how you make ends meet on that but it it's a fact you know go out with some people with some terriers they will run just as hard and just as long and in the openings your big dogs dust them i'm not gonna lie they do you know a 60 pound cur is gonna leave a terrier in the dust out on the open but once you get back into the thick stuff the roles are reversed. Those little terriers move through the bushes twice as fast. Where the big dog will run around, but that little dog goes right through it. If the pig can go, the terrier can go too. Whereas a blackmouth cannot go everywhere the terrier can. Or the we need a timer. We need a timer where I could push the timer and be like, "Ding!" There's ah, one right sorry. there. Sorry. All right, Seth. Seth, <laughs> okay. go ahead. I didn't give enough caveats when I started, but two chads. Oh my! You 
Yes, to, you did. To Chad's point. Go no, go ahead. Long, but noted and fully accepted. Because I will say you need to breed for your terrain. And when you put it in that context, I accept and fully agree. So, Chad, I will bow down. Now, that being said, uh, I was thinking more of the traditional kind of thing, like the swamp action or like more open forest. It's hard for me to imagine ultra thick forests like that. Um, mm -hmm. Just because I live in super beautiful open forests that you can like have a gleeful skip through always. But <laughs> where I grew up, what is that called? Time, a... I could almost never see more than 30 feet in front of yeah, me. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's, and that's, again, there's hog hunting's done all across, you know. Yeah. But like when people think pig dogs, more often than not, they're thinking southeast. And that's how most of it is. You can't see, sure can't see 50 feet, mm. you know, like where the hogs are living, you know. And, yeah. and because of that, that's, you know, I like running catch dogs. I like a lot of different things, you know. Um, and those are, those are great. You know, but like for getting in there and getting them out, like one of my best dogs, Bea, you know, Bea, she's old now. She's like 14 years old, blind and deaf and everything. But she used to, they used to joke about her being a throwback to the old German system because sometimes she would mess things up. Most carriers were great. They'd bay and they'd sit back and bay all day and then they, you know, throttle a raccoon, but Bea pig, you're real nice. And then Bea sometimes would like go, yeah, this is a great bay. All right. Uh, I'm going to mosey all the way around behind this big thicket. And crawl on her belly right up behind the pig and bite it on the butt and break a bay, you know? Like, so sometimes that happens, you know, where yeah. the genetics, the original genetics were to get them out of there. Whereas now we're like, no, 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 now keep them there, you know? So our breedings have, have changed that a little bit. But in the wide open, in the plains country, yeah, they're kind of, you know, like you can use them, you know, like, but as a specialist for pigs, they, they might not. Now, I personally like a bigger dog. You know, a bigger Yag Terrier. Mine, I have some that are in standard and I have some that are out of standard. But my bigger ones, you know, aren't going to be as fast as the larger dogs, but they're going to they're going to grab a hold of it. Like, like. But why would you like want a, that? Like a, All yeah. right. Why would you want a Yag to grab a pig? Dude, look, I'm not saying I'm the toughest guy in the world. Right. But like if another man your size ran up and grabbed me, I would be like, dang, this sucks. But like if a middle schooler with a pocket knife ran up and stuck me, I'd be like, oh, you punk. And I would be your next taxidermy in your living room. You know what I mean? So it's a different. OK, I got a great response to that. I'm glad you're asking me these questions, too, because these are good questions. Um, it's a pig for one. If it was a bear or a lion or a coyote or another animal that grabs a hold, pulls it in and then chews it. That's going to do, but the hogs, they fight with their tusks. They rut, they throw, they do all these things. And hogs are incredibly strong in certain areas. If you let them, like if you lay one down and you let the, the hog get that leg underneath him, he's going to stand up with me, you, you know, Heath, <laughs> Chris, all of it. They'll, yeah. they'll bench press yeah. all of us straight up and then take off walking with us. They're incredibly strong. Um, keep a hold of that bottom leg. <laughs> but um, a, a, a terrier Specifically, I don't know if you saw at all, some of the dogs that lean towards the catchy side like to get into that soft skin right behind the armpit. Mm -hmm. And my dogs, for example, will go in there, grab that. They don't grab the ear like a bulldog. They grab the soft skin on the jowl or right behind mm -hmm. the arm, and they'll catch that, and they'll tuck themselves up under the pig. And it's like it'd be like you in a Michelin suit with, with one of my little terriers on it. You're going to spin around. Yeah, you're going to throw the, the dog. You're, you're, but you can't it, like a, where's a, 
what's another good example? You take a sheet of paper, you hold the sheet of paper up in front of you, and just with one hand, so it's dangling there, okay? Okay. And you take a pocket knife, you the paper moves, right? You know, it's light. It moves out of the way of the blade. The, the paper doesn't give enough resistance for the blade to stick into it. Now, I'm not saying terriers can't be cut, but if you take a 60-pound dog or let's just say a watermelon and I have a watermelon in my hand or a cantaloupe and I press it with a blade, the blade's going to go right in. There's enough resistance to it. The blade goes in there. So a lot of times terriers, my terriers rarely get a mark on them. Yeah. They get hit. They fly 30 feet. They <clears> land on the ground. They're right back in and they don't pin the hog to the ground. But of two of my terriers, two of my 30 pound yank terriers grab a hold of a pig. It's going to be caught in a sense in like a hundred square feet. It's not leaving that it's there. It's loud. It's noisy. We know where the pigs are, you know, and that t that pig might be able to flick one off for a second. But before like terriers are quick, not fast, the same way a snake yeah, agile. can't travel yeah, that fast. Yeah. It can strike short so if the hog throws the terry, he lands five feet, he's going to turn around. That terry's going to be right back on him again. So are you, know? you walking up? To, gonna... Are you approaching the hog with your two terriers caught or are you sending a larger dog to subdue the animal? The way I hunt now, some of uh, most of the terrier people don't hunt the way I do. But yes, I hunt two terriers on the ground. They will track it, trail it. They'll bark when they get into odor right off the bat. When they fall into the odor, they'll strike dive, 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 and they'll generally be quiet as they go down it. When they get to the hog, because they're quiet, they'll catch it in its bed most of the time. You know, like most of the time when I catch when I caught it was catch pigs, you'd catch it, we'd get it tied and look around. The bed's somewhere right around here. There'd be this big depression where they, they woke him up with two little bumblebees jumping on his head. And again, the hog starts trying to fight him off, and he can. He, he can't run away. You know, we talk about the hog running away with a bunch, some Yag Terrier earrings, you know, like they're little <laughs> dogs, and they can pick them up and run with them, but they don't <laughs> run miles. And if they do, you got a tracking system on the pig yeah. now. Yeah. You know, because the dog's hanging from it. But most of the time, the hog is just going to spin around and try to sure, fight sure, these little, sure. these little, like again, like you're trapped Demons. in a mop closet with like five or six parents. If you get one, yeah, you're going to splat it against the wall, but you're not, you know, and you got a sledgehammer. You're just going to beat holes in the wall and make a whole bunch of noise and they're going to sting the heck out of you. And before you know it, well, let's get, let's get back to the yeah. original question. Are you sending in a catch yeah. dog? What's that? Are you sending in a catch dog? It, it all depends. I used to like to do it without, you know, but I have catch dogs. I like to have running catch dogs. I've, I had, you know, bulldogs. Those are fantastic. My running catch dogs, I used to do Malinois, Malinois and Malinois crosses, crosses with bulldogs. I've, I've hunted with a lot of folks that have sighthounds, you know, that had sighthound crosses into them. I've used bull mastiff. I've used just about everything. I mean, we are spoiled in the United yeah. States. We like you can go to the i did that I, i've done it i got a, a picture i'll post to the to the social media page of a, a, a dog a red dog that i picked up and from the pound he was castrated it was an eight week old puppy he was like part french bulldog and part pit bull i just i just to prove it you know i could go in there all right i'm gonna take that one went out and started catching pigs with him in no time you can pick any knuckle-headed breed in the pound and go catch pigs like in other countries they don't have that you know, not everybody needs that, but most of us in the States take that for granted. We, we have incredible catch dogs. We have some of the, we have the best catch dogs on the planet. I, I said it right here. Chad Reynolds says the American bulldog pit bulls, whatever are the best catch dogs on the planet. Okay. So here's my thing. I'm going to say this. Okay. So I get what you're saying about the terrier being able to mm -hmm. grab the pig and get under and tucked in and not get hurt and hold the pig steady while it's like running around. Got it. Cool. What, yeah, what else works? Oh, like 50 square what else works Go good ahead. for not getting cut is armor 
And I'm just saying right off the bat, and again, guys, I'm just making a fun debate here. I'm not drawing my like hand in, or my line in the sand. I'm going to fight to the death on this. But here's the thing. I feel way, way safer approaching a pig that has been caught by a 145-pound werewolf wearing armor than I do with two little bumblebees mm-hmm. stabbing him in the armpit. You know what I'm saying? Like I want a monster beast of a hound holding this thing so that i can approach it without feeling like this thing's gonna shake off these little kids with knives and come kill me you know what i'm saying chris back me up here well i'm not sure i can because uh i think i think anything that doesn't have running hound or stag long dog or stag blood in that's it, not true like but uh <laughs> that's false a hundred percent I'm just saying <laughs> I am fearful of approaching large hogs unless it is securely held by a powerful animal. It does not have to be a sighthound. That's all I've ever seen, but that does not mean that I wouldn't be okay with like an American bulldog holding on to it. I'm just saying, man, I'm telling you what, some of the best I've seen some bulldogs, pit bull crosses that were um Man, they were just warriors, and you send in the dogo, and and they get flipped off, and uh, but the pit bulls there. Beasts. I mean, they're there, and they're they're weighing half of that hundred and forty pound werewolf. You know, it's it's uh, you know, anything over anything over two fifty. I like having two dogs <laughs> on it. And I'm yeah. not gonna lie, you know, I do. I like one hanging off each ear, but uh, uh, one bulldog that knows its job is totally capable, totally capable. I want to, I want to ask you about the running catch dogs, Chris, but Chad, wrap it up, brother. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I did, heck we caught them, me and my buddies growing up, we would catch them. We had black mouth carriers and they would bay it up. And that was the the true test. If you want to bragging rights, you'd bay the pig and you'd go catch it by hand. And what you could do is sneak around behind it, you know, get up next to a tree, reach out and grab the back leg without a dog even caught on it. Now, I wouldn't recommend that for everybody, but that's, <laughs> that's something me and my buddies did as kids all the we're time. We're not all you crazy, know? Without a dog. What's that? I said, we're not all crazy. Uh, then, well, yeah, I'm not the only one. I, I, like, honestly, I'm sure there's plenty yeah. of listeners that have done that too, so that's not like patting myself on the back. You know, redneck childhood, man. That's what a bunch, oh, yeah. what a bunch of us. Atypical hog yeah. hunter right there. Well, that's so I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back so much there. I'm just saying I'm one of many that would do. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You know, but you're, typical. Uh, you're, ty- you're not atypical. You're typical. There you go. So with the terrier, the-, the terriers help out a little bit more. But even then, most of the time I did would have a big meathead breed, you know, a dogo, a pit bull, some kind of catchy cross. One of my favorites was a Malinois pit bull cross. Um, I, I love my dogo too. You know, um, like the pit bulls are really, you forget about them things. They, they were so reliable. <laughs> Turn it loose. If it got there, it was going to be caught, you know? Um, and- well, I know, but how, at what point do you, though, do you get, okay. So if you're a, if you're a deer hunter, if you're a bow hunter, you know, you start out shooting the, the compound bow and you got the sights and you got stabilizer and you get all this stuff. And then it's, you start dropping off it, hunter natural hunter progression i can speak for myself you know it's it's like i started out there and now i'm shooting a trad bow with split turkey wing feathers Flintlock. And, you know mm-hmm. trying to do it traditional so has it just become a deal my question is when we start getting into the yog terriers trying to hunt them in american style 
are you just did you get bored with catching pigs the traditional way or the the most <clears throat> accepted way and be like well i think i can catch a pig with a freaking chihuahua and i'll have a cross <laughs> i want you know I wanted to versatile and huh? the mouse curves are versatile, you know, but I had a bunch of raccoons that I wanted to get into. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the blood trailing with them is neat and, you know, they tree pretty stinking well and they, uh, they filled a niche, you know, a lot of times they, they, like I had a lot of thick cover, you know, that's, that's, you know, for, for me, for me seeing both sides and, and hunting, I'm not sold on the yog terrier thing yet. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously I've got one. I think I don't think he's hard enough, um, but the hound side of it, it's understanding how how pigs act and how they react to dog pressure and different things like that is far more important. And having a dog that can can perform and manipulate that activity to stop the pig is is far more important than what particular breed you're going to hunt with. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got uh, one of the best bay dogs I ever saw, and I hate to say this because Josh Michaelis is going to wear me out about it, but it was a walker dog. That dog that dog could get in there and stop a pig. Hmm. And um, he he was he was impressive. But uh, he had the heart to do it. I, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I like, I like the, I like all of it. But that was my, that was my point. To, to to wrap up my, my last little spot there a little bit, you know, like where I grew up was hunting in the orange orange fields in Florida, you know, and and the cattle plantations. And there's always these thick areas, and that's where the hogs would bed up and come out of there. And a lot of it, we had a bunch of property, but not all of it. And I didn't have very good means of transportation. You know, I didn't have all the rigs and everything I have now. So that's one of the reasons I, I you know, when I got beat, it was because they got ran off and I had to call them back because I didn't have the range or I didn't have a way to get to them. So I had to call them back or I had to do all these different things. So, I mean, shutting it down quick has always been a desire of mine, a way I like to hunt and uh, everybody has their own. So what I liked about the terriers is I could get to an area that had them, turn two of them loose. You can tell by watching the garment or even hear it when you had a catch. As soon as you hear that, I'd let go of my big bulldog, you know, whatever big catch dog I had there to go in there and shut it down. And the terriers, but the thing, cool thing about the terriers is if, you had like a 60 pound or two, let's just say, all right, on the inverse, you know, two 60 pound blackmouth curs, if they're in the tight, thick area, they're going to get chewed up. You know, they're going to get beat up in those overgrown, thick areas. They're probably just going to bay it. And then a lot of times the bulldog starts coming in, he'll break through the backside of the bushes where the curs couldn't go or something like that. But what I liked about the terriers is they get in there and fight them. And then just like you said, they aren't that intimidating. They aren't a big dog. Well, the hog says that too. They're trying, they're, they think they can win. I'm going to get these little 30 pound things off me. They're going to start fighting them. They're trying to kick, they're trying to kick a chihuahua. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they start trying to fight those things off. And in the meantime, my muscle's on the way, you know, and I'm right behind them, you know? So all yeah. do that is makes like perfect sense. Yeah. I'm like fully on board with all that. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just the entertainment the, the, just a little while, and I'm running. I love to hunt on foot, and I'm running right behind my catch dog, and boom, he's in there. Even if it's in the thick bushes, he'll just lay down like a snake and hold on to something. And I'm crawling in there, too, to draw them all out. So it works great for shutting them down fast, getting them caught, you know, and, and there we go. So that's, that's, that's how I hunted mine. Now, other people like to take the terriers and hunt them like exactly like. Yeah, you take, you take a guy like Bubba Allen. You know, we interviewed him some time back. 
he was doing eradication work, so he wanted to bay a sounder, a whole sounder, mm-hmm. you know, and just pick them off, just bang, 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 Whoa. bang, bang, doing that that eradication stuff. So he was never even running a catch dog. But mm-hmm. Seth, go ahead, man. You've got you've been patient. no, no. I I'm gonna I'm gonna just say fully that the points that Chad laid down, I accept and also agree. So. It's all about where you're running. It's all about the terrain you're running in, and and yeah. just match what match your style yeah. to make you successful to the terrain you're running on. And I fully agree with that. I would just, I guess, where I was going with that is, is Yags a fad, or are they actually really good for American pig hunting? And the answer is, whoa, surprise, it's complicated, and it depends on where you are. So fully accept that. Um, and we live in the land yeah. of the free, and you can do and, what you uh, want. I, I still say, I still say. I, uh, I I appreciate when extra muscle comes in to handle it. Chris, tell us about your new style of muscle you saw, brother. <laughs> what the the yeah. stag hound? The 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 you I'll saw a stag you and a, a stag plus. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I saw two werewolf looking things that were big and skinny wearing vests, and I uh, saw them in the back of the truck, and then that's the last time I saw them until they were hanging onto a pig. Um, the, the, okay. So I've thought a lot about that hunt and I think it goes back to what is, um, your style of hunting. You know, personally, I haven't been able to watch the whole thing on thermal. Um, I'm sure it's cool. I mean, I like watching F-16s or ATM Warthogs swoop in and and uh uh decimate the enemy you know point target but i i'm not sold i'm not sold on it that it's going to be my new venture in life to uh to breed staghound cross wolfhound whatever the bigfoot was he was impressive he was fast he was powerful he was all these things but but you're looking at at catch them one hog at a time and if if you're bubba allen and you're doing eradication work work (laughs) and you need to to catch a catch a sounder of pigs and get them off the landscape then that's not the dog you're going to (laughs) use and uh you know so so it was a new experience i had a lot of fun i just need more exposure to uh to thoroughly appreciate it and value that and your own thermal so you can actually watch it Absolutely, but I'm not spending no. five thousand dollars to go watch somebody else's pit dogs catch a pig. <laughs> so on the, on that note, like there was a guy I used to hunt with back in uh, South Texas that ran, you know, wolfhound, sighthound, stag crosses, and everything, and uh, he even had a show. You know, I'm I'm not going to get into any of that. Uh, not a, a podcast, but it was actually on TV. Um, but uh, one of the ways. And it was, we were hunting open, open crop fields in South Texas. And, you know, he'd lamp them and then send the dogs out there and catch them. They they work great for that. When they're running, you know, there they are, get them right there and they're open and you can keep eyes on them. They're there. They are the ticket. There's nothing better at catch that pig that's running away that you're still going to be able to see in a, you know, a half mile that they got that wrapped up tight, you know, but one of the ways we used them two together too, was like this really thick area there was a wetland and you couldn't drive through it. It was boggy and everything like that. So even for them, sometimes he would, they would get on all sides with their, their long dog, you know, crosses their, their speed dog crosses with the catching breeze. 
and I'd dump my little terriers right, in there. Two and they'd go in there and bait, bait up and bait up. And eventually, they're coming that out. That is badass. And my terriers <laughs> yeah. absolutely dusted. And it was in the daytime where you could see absolutely everything. And they take off like a bolt of lightning. And boom, that one catches that one. That Me too. Would that enjoy. is so that, rad. Like, I want to see that. Yep. One day, we had like six of these speedy type catch dogs out there. We got six nice hogs. And my little terrier set the table for everybody. It was a great time, you know. That like they, we never could have got them out of there. You know, they ain't getting in there to get them out. No, you know, no, um, yeah, they're so, definitely not. But it worked out. It worked out great. So that's one one way. They're perfect. I know the boys over in Australia absolutely love them too because their their country's pretty big and open too. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. Those uh, monsters yeah, are so, they're only good for the open country. That's very very clear and apparent. Yeah, and that is yeah. Yeah, we were we were dry driving around thermal and pigs and you got to be quiet and if the pig gets in the brush it's over you know you never turn a dog loose and i'm thinking i should have brought the plots i'd have ran that pig out of there and then you could have caught it but um you know it it was just one of those types of things and the funniest thing okay so (laughs) this is crazy and 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 rigo did a great job he only had he only had uh you know he's thermal this pig and uh I never actually saw the pig. So now we're just out walking in the dark through a, a cattle pasture. And I'm trusting that there's a pig out there. And we keep walking. We keep walking. We keep walking. Dogs are very well behaved. I mean, yeah, Rigo very, had a badass handle. You know, they're walking at heel the whole time. Rigo's got a great handle on them. And uh, we get to a certain point, he sends the dogs. And you hear, you hear the pig, you hear the catch. Mm-hmm. And everybody takes off running across his field, and I'm like standing around thinking, "There ain't anything chasing us. What the <laughs> hell are we running for?" Yeah. You know, Michael and, goes down. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Michael did. Michael does a, a complete end over end in the middle of this field, and that's what I was trying to avoid. Just so you know, I can outrun you all. Uh, but I was trying to avoid the injury because I knew that wasn't going to be our last pig race. So I was, it was totally uh, forethinking there on my part. Uh, not that I'm old and fat, <laughs> but uh, definitely not. No, so it was, it was completely, uh, it was completely different. It was completely different from anything I've done. I can't tell you this: Rigo uh, has got some outstanding dogs because of the small fields that he's working on, he's got this craft perfected. The way, you know, when a pig gets up and going, that dog has got just a couple hundred yards to close the distance and make that catch before game is over. Mm -hmm. And if he, it's, it's, it's amazing. That's what they're good at. Yeah. I wanted to give a big, they're great at that fence. Yeah. You know, one of the spots we used to hunt with that guy was right next to the King Ranch, and they'll shoot you. <laughs> you know, don't don't cross that fence line. You know, and it was always catch it before it gets right over <laughs> there, and they they were the ticket. And one of the one of their other cool uh, uh, bonuses too is they were clean catchers. You know, like I love an American pit bull terrier. I love an American bulldog. I love, you know, I like these things, and they're almost like the UFC fighter. Like Vitor Belfort, they're gonna go in there and just that right, that right, that right. You know, they're just you're just going toe to toe, and I'm gonna punch you harder than you can punch me. Whereas like the sidehound crosses, they did that same stuff too, where they go shoulder to shoulder, where they'll get a hold of the ear. In my experience, a lot of the sidehound crosses did this, where they'd catch the ear. They're surgical with catching the ear. They would jump and catch it sometimes. You know, like they that's all they had in their eyes, and then they would get to where their right shoulder 
was up against the hog's left shoulder and they just spin with them, you know, and they'll be out in the middle of a crop field with his sight down cross that isn't trying to bulldog it. He's got his ear yeah. spinning in a circle with them and they're just drilling themselves down on the ground. They're really, really clean catchers, Yeah, you know, so they don't get cut up that much. They, they really don't. Whereas the bulldog's going to run right in there and nose the nose. I'm going to beat you with my face until you stop moving, you know, like, and it's rowdy, and sometimes the littler ones can get thrown so hard that little ear will come off, you know, whereas the clean catcher yeah. gets the next to the side. And that's another thing. But on the same side, because of that, they have that long body. And Seth, you could probably back me up. They got that really long body. They don't, they don't scramble. They don't fold quite as well in the thick stuff. So yeah, sometimes no. <laughs> the big, tall, yeah. long dogs, when they get caught on the ear, the hog will turn into them. And now that big, long body is, like, bound up in some bushes. And man, he's about to get whooped. yeah. So like being you know being stuck in a in a tunnel with like a two hundred pound man, you, you're not. If he gets a hand on you, you're in trouble. De- you know? Dean and Rigo so, are buddies, and shout out to Rigo. Clearly, Dean and Rigo are buddies because both of them had some of the best handles on hunting dogs I've seen in a long time. Um, and Dean, uh, patrons know, and guys, if you want to hear more of Dean, kind of talk about his his style and stuff, um, you can go listen to a tailgate talk I had with Dean about training these dogs. Um, but, uh, you know, Dean really likes that the, those big, powerful sighthound crosses control the hog in a, yeah, like you were saying, Chad, in a nuanced way, but with great strength, they're not like, and I Mm -hmm. agree, I think you worded it well too, is they're not bulldogging the pig, but they are commanding it. And also since they're 31 inches at the shoulder and they're 145 pound dog, they have a way of exerting their center of gravity a little different than a dog that's coming up from below. That's how Dean described it to me. So different schools of thought. Um, that's the beauty of, of hunting with dogs is that I think this variety is really rad and I've only seen one type. It, yeah. it is the, it, it definitely is very unique. You know, I, on the marsh in Southern Louisiana, the sidehound's exactly. not going to excel. You know, he's just, he's just not a heavy brush. He's not going to excel. Mm-hmm. My hounds are not going to excel on a, on a running match trying to catch yeah. a pig they're just the beauty of not. dogs that versatility so yeah it is it's it's cool to that's the coolest thing is being able to go around and see all these different styles of hunting the different styles of dogs and they all work for that yep. application that's what I it's all that. about and that's what the podcast is all about you know people people hunt in their areas and they they have found ways to perfect their craft and perfect the style of dog that they have and, and can be highly successful. And it's just because it's different. It's definitely not wrong because they're being successful. And the most important thing is they're having fun. And also you can have a line of dogs in an area that's succeeding in that terrain. And then you can have different lines within that breed that are succeeding with people that are different training methods. People have their own personalities, what they like in a dog, what they like in a lineage, what they're breeding for in temperament. I, I love that versatility. I think that's that truly is my favorite thing about yeah. hunting with dogs is that all that variety, all that success. Well, I can I can tell you that that there's going to be a lot more of this on uh, tailgate talks on Patreon. Uh, so we we do have to cut this off because we're recording this on the opening day of raccoon season <laughs> in indiana i haven't missed one for 40 years and i'm not going to miss one today mm-hmm. uh for for the podcast so <laughs> i've got to we've got to shut it Get down guys it. but <laughs> if we 
if we if we piqued your interest about what's going on there, I know there's going to be a lot of Patreon uh, content coming out, and we're going to follow up on this in other episodes as well. So, Chad has one thing he's given me. He's yeah, giving me the finger. Talk about us. Come on, we gotta talk about me wearing the dang T Rex costume. Oh my gosh! We, like, oh, dude, we gotta, we gotta bring it up. Hey, huh. we do need to talk about it, but it needs to. We need to. Let's talk about it off the air. You give us the lowdown of what happened, All right. and build the build the suspense on this thing, and then yes, we'll work the on the T Rex. All right, guys. Well, Chris, go enjoy raccoon season. Get after it, Chad. Hey, patrons, quickly too, guys. Everybody, listen up. I'm going to Texas. I'm going to hang out with the blood tracker. I'm going to get a lot of sweet content, videos, pictures, interviews, tailgate talks. It's all going there, guys. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up. I think you missed. I'm, I think you missed my cue. I want Chad to talk briefly. Oh, about you said the off T-Rex air. Costume. <laughs> oh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna follow oh, up off go. air. <laughs> this is this is the setup for stuff to come. Uh, all right, the little teaser was, of course, it's Halloween. You know, like we're doing the bait yep. house, everything's going fine, and I'm sure everybody's seen a little, a little video with the little inflatable T-Rex costumes with whoever doing whatever wild antics in, in, in the little costume. So I got myself one of those things, and wearing a Houndsman XP T-shirt as well. And uh, you bet. And they get they they brought two little terriers in that have been doing really good. Uh, Tyler Sladen's Aja and Chris Nellis's Sancho dog. And uh, when I came out of the hog shoot, uh, they lit up and came after me. And it was just, it was a good time. But I don't want to give too much. It was. That's that's enough of a teaser on that. We're going to have some more stuff coming on that. And uh, it was, I mean, it was the, you stole the show, Chad. (laughs) When you came when you came out of that, that shoot, it was just like, holy cow. The bay pin erupted. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. We got pictures and video of that, too. So not only will we be talking about it, we can show you, too. So stay That's tuned. Right. That's right. All right. Well, hey, guys. I appreciate you guys taking time. And uh, as always, I'm going to use my tagline. You follow your hounds, and I'll follow mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs>